0: If you're new to Destiny, um, we've been walking through the book of Philippians, or if you have not been paying attention, We've been walking through the book of Philippians, and we have made it verse by verse all the way to verse 14. And this is new for me. This is new for our church. We hope you have enjoyed that. If you've missed any of the messages or if you want to go back and check those out, we give out sermon notes every week, talk it over questions to have with your table and with your table group and things like that. You can find all of those at destinychurch.me backslash media. You can find all past sermons, all sermons, notes right there, but today's going to look a little different than how I've ministered the past several weeks because we're going to look at all the verses, but I'm not going to necessarily walk through verse by verse and break down multiple words like we have been doing because I really want to focus in on one specific thing that kind of just gripped my heart as I read these scriptures But today we're going to look at chapter 2, verse 14 through 18, and let's read this, and then I'll kind of cue you in on what we're going to talk about. Verse 14, do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then of the then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain, and that my work was not useless. But I will rejoice. Everybody say rejoice! I will rejoice even if I lose my life. Do what? Pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God, and I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice, and I will share your joy. Today, we're going to glance at all of these verses, but I want to challenge you with the first part of this verse, chapter 14, do everything without complaining and arguing. Hello. I could just give the altar call right here, right? Jesus, we just ask you in these next few moments, Lord, would you speak today? Would you begin to just do some heart work, some surgery on our lives today? Would you speak clearly through me as your instrument, as your vessel, but may your word land and make an impact and change people's lives. Those in the room and those watching online, would you do something today beyond anything I can communicate? In Jesus' name, amen. I'll admit to you, I think this is one of the most challenging messages I have ever preached. One of the most challenging and maybe This message isn't challenging for you, but it has been challenging for me to write and to put together, not that the content today is tough to understand, I get it, don't complain, don't argue, but this message is challenging or difficult to me in the sense that I feel like it's almost impossible. Like there's a lot of things in scripture that I hear and I'm like, all right, I can do that but this one do everything without complaining and arguing? Yeah, have you seen all the crazy people in the world? Have you seen what's happening in the world of politics? Have you seen what's happening to my 401K? Have you seen the price of eggs? Right? Have you met my family? Have you met my friends? Have you met me? Do everything without complaining and arguing? God, I'm not sure I can accomplish this. I'm pretty sure you're setting us up to fail, right? And like I said, I know that right now, I literally debated getting to there and calling the altars and just being like, we're done. Because all of us need to repent. And I, I thought about saying, you know, hey, everybody raise your hand if you struggle with complaining and arguing or if you know somebody that complains and argues. But I just thought, you know what? Let's just preach and let's just see what God wants to say to us in this room. This is a tough message. This isn't, when I said it's a tough message to preach, it's not so much tough to preach, it's tough to live out. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Complaining can also be translated as grumbling. Grumbling is one of those words that sounds like what it means. Grumbling means mumbling. That's what it means. You Literally, that's what it means. Grumbling means to make a low rumbling sound. It's like You guys know what I'm talking? You know what I'm talking about. That's what grumbling and complaining means. It means to make a low rumbling sound. Listen to this. In order to express discontent or to complain by uttering. Here, I read this this week. I thought this was good. Grumbling and complaining is discontentment made audible. Grumbling and complaining is discontentment made audible. Audible. Now, the word arguing in the Greek is where we get the English word dialogue. It describes one's both inner dialogue that happens in their mind. Have you ever, any of you ever argued in your mind? But it also describes one's inner, one's outer dialogue that comes from their mouths. And that's what this is talking about here. When we are discontent. We grumble and we complain and we argue in both our minds and with our mouths toward other people, ourselves, and toward God. And Paul's telling us as New Testament believers hey, You want to live in a manner that is worthy of the gospel, and listen to me, that's what all of this we've looked at the past several weeks has connected to. It's all went back to Philippians chapter 1, verse 27, when Paul said, you want to live in a manner that is worthy of the gospel, and then he just started walking us through scenarios. He said, this is it. You want to be like Jesus? You want to live a joy-filled life? Then do everything. Everybody say Everything. Another translation says, all things, do everything, do all things without complaining and without arguing. And when he says everything, he means everything. You, you look it up, in the original language, that word all things or that word everything is emphatic in the Greek. What that means is, he means it. It's like bolded, it's like do Everything, but he's specifically connecting it back to Philippians chapter two, verse three through eight, when he started to describe Jesus as selfish, as selfless, and as somebody who loves others above themselves. He's kind of taken us back through that when he's talking about how Jesus emptied himself and humbled himself and was obedient. He's connecting it back to that, and he's saying to us, hey, you need to be unselfish without complaining about it. Hey, you need to consider others above yourselves without complaining and arguing. Hey, you need to be humble without complaining about being humble. Is it being humble if we complain about being humble, really? He's saying you need to be obedient without complaining. Do all things, everybody say all things. things. Do all things without complaining. Wake up with a sore throat, don't complain. What he's talking about. Receive criticism? Don't complain. Get pulled over for speeding? It's your fault. Don't complain. Pull dead plants out of the ground that have never yet recovered from last summer's drought. Don't complain. Discipline your children for the eighth time within the last hour. Don't complain. Change a flat tire. Watch the news. Read the news. Scroll through social media. Don't complain. You see why this is a tough message? This is a tough one to live out. It's like I literally thought, Lord, this is, this is an impossibility to preach because some of us, we, we wake up set to grumble. We just kind of wake, that's just kind of our nature. We just kind of wake up and like, you know, and we want to pretty it up though, right? We want to make it sound better. We're just venting, or we're just getting things off our chest, or we're just telling the truth, or we're just asking somebody to pray. No, you're complaining. You're grumbling. God knows it, and so do you. And Paul tells us, do everything without complaining and arguing. And I believe today's message could be one of the most important messages you've ever heard in your life. I believe this message could be life changing for us. I believe this message could impact your family. I believe this message can impact you as a parent. I believe this message can impact you as a child of God, as a child of your parent. I I believe it can impact you as a worker. I, I believe it can impact you in school. I believe it can impact you as a Christian. I want to challenge us. Don't tune this message out. Don't complain that this message is too long. Don't, you know, like, don't tune it out. I want to encourage you, sit on the edge of your seat, grab your pen, grab your notepad, take notes, and say, come on, Pastor Chad, give me your best shot, right? Because here's the deal. I had to take God's best shot studying it, so you get to take God's best shot when I give it, all right? So there was one point in my office this week where I was like, all right, Lord, all right, let me turn the other cheek, because that hurt, right? I had to take it. I believe that God wants to speak to us today. How many of you would agree that we live in a world that is prone to complain? Right? We live in a world at work. Employees complain about their bosses. How many of you have ever heard somebody at your work complain about the boss? If you work at Destiny, don't raise your hand, all right? <laughs> bosses complain about their employees. At home, husbands complain about their wives. Wives complain about their husbands. At home, children complain about their parents. Parents complain about their children. At home, children complain against their fellow sibling. Their fellow sibling complains about. Do you see the pattern? At church. Now everything's perfect at church. <laughs> nobody complains, everybody's happy, everybody's full of joy. No. In churches, we complain as much as the world. We complain about each other. We complain about the music. We complain about the pastor. We argue about the student ministry. We complain about the money. We complain and argue about other Christians. That's the state of the world today. Paul says, don't complain and don't argue, and yet in the church, it's like we've done the exact opposite. I get the world complaining because they don't know Jesus. But I have to say I am convicted even in myself how much I complain as a child of God. Paul says, don't do it. Don't argue. Don't complain. And it's like in the church, we have done the exact opposite. We are discontent and we grumble and we complain and we argue and we murmur and we about everything. And then we wonder when we go to church, to work or to school, and we tell our friends about Jesus and we wonder why won't they follow Jesus? Why won't they come to church? I'll just let you answer this one for yourselves. If you look in scripture, you see example after example of people complaining. All right? A great example is found in the book of Job. Now, if there's anyone in the world who probably had a right to complain, it probably would have been Job. That's right. I'm telling you, if that had been Chad Blancett, <laughs> I would have been on my soapbox Screaming from the mountaintops, right? Complaining. But listen to what Job says in Job chapter 10, verse 1. Listen to this. I loathe my very life. He says, I hate my life. Any of you ever said that? Listen to what he says, though. This is, it's actually quite comical because it sounds like stuff we do today. I loathe my very life. Therefore, I will give free reign to my complaining. Hello, social media, right? I am going to blow up on Facebook. And then he goes on to say, I'm going to speak out in the bitterness of my soul. I think we have taken this scripture and thought that that was the gospel. And we have said, We have permission to give. No, this sounds like us. I don't like my job. I hate my life. I hate my marriage. I hate my school. I hate the sun. I hate the rain. I hate it when it's warm. I hate it when it's cold. I hate Ford. I hate Chevy. I hate Republican. I hate Democrat. I just hate life. Facebook, I've had a bad day. Look out. I'm going to vent and I'm going to complain and from a bitterness Of my soul, I'm gonna let everybody hear it. Sounds like what we do. We give free reign to our complaint. I think that's what we sound like to God just low rumbling. And Paul tells us don't complain. Don't argue, and I just want to tell you something. When he says this, even though this sounds impossible, please hear me today, and I say this with love, and I do not say it with condemnation or finger-pointing at all, but I say it is not a suggestion. Don't complain. Don't argue. And if you look at the Bible... Like I said, there's all kinds of examples of complaining, but I would say if there's one group of people that really figured it out, it was God's people, the children of Israel, right? They complain. And Paul, here in Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, he's really speaking back to the children of Israel. This is what he's speaking about. He's connecting it back to that, Okay? And so the children of Israel, they were slaves in Egypt. And they had one prayer, God set us free. And what God do? If you watch Prince of Egypt, he set them free, all right? God set us free. We hate our lives. What God do? He set them free. He delivered them from their captivity. Listen to this. He feeds them miraculously. Every day. He gives them a cloud by day. For those of you who don't like the sun, you would have loved it. They just walked under a cloud, not getting sunburnt anything. And the cloud stops, they stop. And then he gives them fire, and they can, I mean, it's like everything you need, he's giving it to them. He gives them fire by day, cloud by day, feeds them miraculously, he gives them water from a rock. Their clothes never wear out, their shoes never wear out. And what do they do? You can just hear a million people walking through the desert. Complaining. And for all you kids in the room, that's what it sounds like when you talk to your parents. <laughs> what do the children of Israel do? They complain because they don't like the food. We're having that again? Anybody ever says <laughs> that what it sounds like in your home? <laughs> I have to drink that again. I have to wear that again. These shoes make my feet look fat. No, your feet are just fat, right? <laughs> so when I read this story and all of this, it makes me think of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Yeah. This food's too hot. This chair's too soft. This bed's too hard. They should have just wrote that fairy tale. I think it was about the church. I really do. I think a Christian wrote it and they just wanted to be like sly and get a message to the church. This music's too loud. This music's too quiet. I don't like this seat. I don't like this carpet. I heard a story. A pastor friend of mine told me one time he was preaching in a church and he said they had had started this argument and he said, one side of the <laughs> stage jetted out and the other side jetted in because they couldn't agree and they argued and they complained. And he said, so he's preaching over here and he forgot and he walked this way and fell right off the stage. <laughs> Complaining, arguing. The children of Israel, discontent. They're restless. And listen to me. And they're joyless. And they're walking through the desert. God's chosen people. And <laughs> what it sounds like. And I want to tell you today, listen to me, their complaining does not please God. In fact, I'm going to show this to you, their complaining offends God. And not only does their complaining anger God and not please him, listen to me today, this is one of the main things you need to hear, their complaining causes consequences. Your complaining causes consequences look at numbers chapter 11 verse 1 soon the people began to complain about their hardship and the lord heard everything they said i think that's probably the biggest thing we need to get and the lord heard everything and then it says in the lord's anger blazed against them Listen to chapter uh, chapter 14, verse 27 through 30. God says, how long must I put up with this wicked community? They're your people. You chose them. They're us. And it's complaints about me. Yes, God says, I've heard their complaints. The Israelites are making against me. Now tell them this. As surely as the Lord declares, I will do the very things I heard you say. I want you to think about that. How many times have you complained? And the Lord heard you. And it came to pass. Verse 29, and because you have complained against me, he says, skip to verse 30. Listen, here's the consequence. You will not enter... You will not enter and occupy the land I swore to give you. Here's what I hear in my heart the very thing you wanted the most because you complained and argued, you're not gonna get it. There's consequences. Here's the deal you wanna be critical, you wanna be negative. You want to complain all the time? Then go ahead. That's your free ride as a human being. But it will cost you significantly. What's it going to cost you? Here's what I believe. It's going to cost you joy. It's going to cost you happiness. It's going to cost you peace. It's going to cost you friendships. Listen to me. There's somebody here today you wonder why you don't get the job opportunity. You wonder why you don't get the promotion. You wonder why don't I have any friends? It's costing you promises from God. And I believe, I I, I sense an urgency even right now in this moment that we need to get a hold of this message. At its root, I want you to hear me. Complaining is a major spiritual problem. Honestly, here's what the Lord whispered to my heart this week. Chad, complaining, grumbling, murmuring, all that. It's really, what it is, it's expressing a lack of trust in God. That's what it is. And it offends him. And we need to repent of it. We need, Listen to me, Destiny Church, we need... This is one of the things I feel like in my heart for my family. So please, again, no finger pointing today. We need to change the tone in our homes. Our our homes need to stop going from this. That's what they sound like. We need to change the tone in our homes. We need to change the tone in our hearts. We need to change the tone in our marriage. We need to change the tone as a parent, as a child. We need to change the tone in our friendships. We need to change the tone in the church. And Paul is telling us in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, do all things without complaining and without arguing. Not do some things, not do a few things, Do all things without complaining and without arguing. Do all of it. Now, listen to me. I want to make sure this does not mean that we can't discuss things. It doesn't mean that we can't try to make changes in areas that aren't right in our homes. It doesn't mean we can't have tough conversations. That's not what I'm saying today. But I believe it's talking about the tone Paul is addressing issues, but it's coming across in the right tone, and so I just believe when Paul is telling us, do all things without complaining and grumbling, he's not saying never deal with an issue. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, hey, deal with issues, but deal with it in the right tone and in the right spirit, and he begins to give us the why in verse 15. Let's look at it. Do all things without complaining and arguing, so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Anybody live in that world? Right? Just turn on the news. And when Paul is speaking here in verse 15, he's connecting this back to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 5, 32, verse 5. Go check it out. But he's dealing with, again, he's looking back at the children of Israel who've been complaining. And listen to what God says of them in Deuteronomy 32, verse 5. They are a crooked and twisted generation. And so Paul is connecting these two groups here. And he's saying to them, why do we need to stop complaining? Why do we need to stop arguing? So that we stand out. So that no one can criticize us. Complaining, I want you to hear me, is probably the most tolerated sin by Christians. We justify it. We tolerate it. We feel entitled to it. I can talk about it because I'm just venting. I'm just telling the truth. No, you're sinning. You're complaining. You're arguing. And we don't even think it's sin. I think it's because it's so natural to us. We feel inclined to do it. It's just a part of us. We just wake up bent that direction. When Paul is saying being full of joy, we wake up full of complaints. And Paul is saying, hey, stop doing this. Why? So you can stand out. Why? Because when you complain and argue, you look more like the twisted and perverse generation than like the children of God i have created you to be. Are we getting this? When we complain and argue and vent and just tell the truth and just get things off my chest and it's just a prayer request. When we do that, we look more like the twisted and perverse generation rather than children of God. And God is calling us in Philippians to live clean, innocent lives as children of God. And I really do believe all of this connects back to Philippians chapter one, verse 27, live in a manner that is worthy of the gospel. You want to live in a manner that is worthy of the gospel? You want to be effective in presenting the gospel? Stop complaining. Stop arguing. Stop bickering. Stop murmuring. Stop throwing up on Facebook. Destiny Church God is calling us as a church to live every day, every moment, everywhere we go in a manner that is worthy of the gospel. And one of the best ways we can do this, one of the ways we can be most effective in spreading the gospel, I believe with all my heart, is if we would just, what's that old saying? I I think probably my grandma said it to me years ago when I was a kid. Chad, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Some of us, we could probably be more effective if we just stopped talking, right? Stop mummering, stop murmuring, stop grumbling, stop complaining about the people you work with, the people you live with, the people you go to church with, the people you share the same blood as. And some of you, I, I, I mentioned it earlier, but some of you wonder, Pastor Jeff, why, don't, why don't I have very many friends? I think it's because people don't want to be around that. Why do we need to do this? Paul says, so you can be a light to a dark world. How can we be a light? Just stop grumbling and complaining. I think all of this is connecting to the gospel. Listen to me. Complaining and arguing does not point people to Jesus. I've had people tell me over the years, Pastor Chad, I just want to debate and argue. Can I just come into your office and argue something scripturally? No, I won't do it. Why? Because I I know what I believe, and your stance is not changing me, and my stance is not changing you, but number one, it's not going to be effective. There's no purpose in it. There's no purpose in it. You can believe what you want to, but complaining and arguing does not point people to the church. And Paul is telling the church, stop complaining, stop arguing. Jew versus Gentile, you know, pork versus no pork, rain versus, oh, stop. I believe complaining and arguing does the exact opposite. I believe it points people away from Jesus. Complaining is one of the most selfish things you can do. So complaining is not life-giving, it's, it's life-sucking, right? It sucks the life out of people, but listen to me, I believe complaining and arguing is anti-gospel. And listen to me, write this down. Your complaining and your arguing will always hurt the mission. Your complaining and arguing will always hurt the mission. So Why? Do we need to heed Paul's wisdom to stop complaining and arguing so we can be light, so we can make a difference in this world, so we can be all that God has called us to be? Go into all the world, he said, and preach the gospel, make disciples. That is the mission. And verse 16 tells us how can we develop this godly mindset? Hold firmly to the word of God. How do we stop complaining and arguing, get in the word, hold tightly to the word of God? What's God say? Hide the word of God in your heart so that you don't sin against God. Hold firmly to the word of God. How do we live in a manner that is worthy of the gospel? Hold tightly to the word of God. Hide it in your heart. And then verse 17 and 18, Paul reiterates the theme of this book. And he tells us, I need you to choose to rejoice no matter what. Just think how more effective our our gospel presentation would be if we rejoiced rather than complained. Think about that. Paul's writing this letter not... He's writing this letter and telling them to stop complaining, not from some secluded island where he's having every one of his needs being tended to. Paul is writing this under house arrest. I'm telling you, if I'm under house arrest, I'm not telling people, stop complaining. I am, (laughs) I am saying all of it, right? But Paul says, verse 17 and 18, but I will rejoice even if I lose my life. Paul's saying, even if I die, I will rejoice. This is what Paul's saying. And he says, I want all of you to share in that joy. You should rejoice, and I will share your joy. Can I just tell you as I close today, the band can come back. I really believe Destiny Church, that God is wanting to do a new thing in us, and through us in 2023. I see people being saved and changed and healed and made whole, but for that to happen through a lot of our friendships, we're gonna have to change our thinking and our speaking. And again, please hear me. This isn't a message where I'm pointing a finger at you and saying, be like me, don't complain. All right, yesterday alone, I am, I was, I struggled with this message this week. I struggled to write it. I I literally rewrote more than half of it last night. I was struggling with it. It just wasn't setting in my heart. And uh, we have a car in our house that is possessed by the devil himself. And Makai, we're trying to like take this car to an auction and get rid of it. And so I'm like, just take it and clean it so we can, or put a sign on the side of it that says free, take me. I don't care, just get it out of our driveway, right? And so he yesterday takes it, goes to clean it, calls me up and says, dad, it's dead. And so I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to write a message about not complaining. I'm, <laughs> I'm Literally, it's what's going through my mind, and I'm angry at God, and I'm complaining at God, and like, just let the thing start, you know? And then I leave the church. I'm like, all right, I'll come to you. Where are you? Let me go get jumper cables. I go, and I leave the church, and I go to the light over here at Elm and 60, and there's about four cars in line, and I sit there, and I'm like, man, this light's taking a long time. <laughs> and then I realize... I'm trapped, and this light is broke, and my section is not getting to drive. I'm like, God, I'm trying to write this message about not complaining, and all of this is happening, so please hear me when I tell you, don't complain and argue. I'm not preaching it from somebody that has it all together. I'm not condemning. I'm saying in 2023, let's change our tone and let's change our mindset collectively as a whole and let's choose. Here's your homework assignment this week. When you have an opportunity to complain, I want to encourage you to rejoice. I want you to flip the script this week. I did not do that yesterday at the light. I wanted to keep complaining. But I got back to the office and it was like, the Lord was like, all right, I taught you a lesson. Now let's write. And I made some changes. And listen to me, I want this to become our motto here at Destiny Church, Psalm 1914. And this is in your Talk It Over discussion this week. I want you to read this and discuss it as a family and even in your table groups, Psalm 1914. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart Be pleasing to you, oh God. If we could do that, I think we could change the world. I think if we could just change our tone, we could change.